Okay, sleepless night. Welcome back to the Bill Bennett Show. Early in the morning. Now it's 11.30 here on Wednesday. <laughs> Not really early in the morning, but haven't had much sleep. I'm here with Claude Jennings. Claude, how are you? Good. You used to get up earlier. Yeah. Well, I used to go <laughs> to bed, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the podcast that translates Trump, and today translates the midterm elections. We take an honest look at the current administration. We talk about the existential threats to America. I was a little worried that, uh, you know, there was going to be this enormous blue wave crashing and repudiating everything Donald Trump stands for. I didn't believe it would happen, but it was a concern. So many smart people, or supposedly smart people, were saying it, but it didn't happen. And we'll, we'll get into that. I call it a light blue rain. I don't know. That'll explain why. Carolina blue. Right. You know, not dark blue, light mm-hmm. blue. But uh, Democrats take control of the House, but with interesting personnel. I'll comment on that. Republicans gain seats in the Senate, three, four, maybe five. Uh, and there's a few governor races that we want to take a look at. I, one interesting pattern of governors I want to comment on. Uh, our one guest today is Byron York, columnist of the Washington Examiner and a Fox News contributor. And we shall proceed to talk to Byron, and I'll give you my thoughts as they um, amplify uh, or differ from what uh, Byron has to say. So it's time to welcome Byron York to the show, columnist at the Washington Examiner and Fox News contributor. Byron, as always, thanks for your time this morning, particularly this morning. We are on Wednesday afternoon, the 7th of November, uh, after the uh, midterm election results are in, not all final, and we'll comment on that. And, and of course, we're talking to Byron York. But we just saw a long press conference by the president and another press conference with Nancy Pelosi. Uh, any comment on uh, either of those press conferences? Um, I would guess you'd have something to say, at least about the presidents. Well, it was quite a performance. Uh, what can you say? Um, you know, it, it comes as no shock that the president would come out and describe the uh, midterm events as a, uh, as a big victory for himself. And the Senate part really was. Um, and uh, kind of minimizing uh, the defeat uh, in the House. And, um, you know, there's there's a certain amount of of Trump id that just, you know, just comes out all the time. And there was this he went through this uh, routine where he talked about by name all of the Republican candidates who tried to distance himself from him and um, the fact that they lost. One of them being Mike Kaufman, the Republican in the 10th uh, district, is 10th or the 6th district of uh, Colorado, can't remember, said goodbye, Mike. <laughs> he yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. Um, really, really stuck it to all those Republicans who had run away from him during the campaign. So this is the kind of thing, you know, it's we never saw before Trump um, extraordinary performance, uh, had the obligatory conflicts with the the press, the CNN reporter, Jim Acosta, who yeah. seems to get in these scrapes with Trump a lot. Um, so it uh, it had it all. All right. Let's talk about the results. Let's take what was the, seemed to be the uh, most popular metaphor going in, uh, that there would be a blue wave. Uh, was it a blue wave? Or how would one best describe what happened uh, yesterday? No, 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 not at all. I think, um, you know, uh, remember, uh, Obama lost 63 seats in 2010. Um, Bill Clinton lost, I think, 52 seats in um, in 1994. And it looks like, I haven't checked, I should check again, but last I checked, it looked like Trump was going to lose about 27 seats. So that's just not the stuff of a big wave. That's maybe maybe right. one or two more, but yeah, yeah, right. And and that by itself 
would be uh, would mark a difference between uh, well, him and also predecessors. The, the, um, remember the talk going in was that Democrats needed to pick up net 23 seats to take over, and they have. Uh, and you have to remember, since there were 435 House elections, no. some of them, as we speak, are not settled. We don't know who won. But uh, right now, looks like about a 27-seat pickup, which, by the way, if it if that's what it is, if it somehow doesn't get a lot bigger, that's going to be very hard to govern with. When you have a very small minor- majority in the House, okay. it's really hard to get things done. The Republicans had, this time, this last time, they had about, what, 240? So they had about a 20-plus seat majority, and that was not easy. So it'd be a lot harder if they, you know, Democrats only have 220 or 225, something like that. Let's pick up on that, because one of the things I was noting last night while watching was, you know, I'd heard all this about how they had chosen very wisely, borrow from Indiana Jones, uh, their candidates. Uh, And as I, I heard the brief bios of these winners, I was just knocked over. A Marine, a Navy commander, a martial arts instructor, an NFL football player, another uh, military veteran, an Air Force commander. These are the Democrats. So fine, good, good recruiting. Not what one thinks of as the new leftists, the new socialists. Is there a disconnect? Is there dissonance here between the people or a lot of the people who made it in last night, were liked it last night, two things. One, the characterization of the Democrat Party is going left. Uh, two, the leadership of the party. You, you see what I'm asking? I mean, I, I'm well, trying to pick I, up on your I'm question a, about the about the fact that it's not a big majority. It may not only yeah. be a big majority, it may be a tough bunch of cats to herd. Very much, um, because uh, it did not, first of all, it was just, just not, it wasn't a big progressive wave. And um, the idea <clears throat> that uh, Americans rose up as one to repudiate Trump uh, didn't happen. And as a matter of fact, some of the right. progressive stars before the campaign or during the campaign didn't win. Beto O'Rourke did not win in Texas. <clears throat> Andrew Gillum did not win the governorship in Florida. And it does not appear that Stacey Abrams is going to win the governorship in Georgia. So these were, I mean, these were celebrated. I don't, if you put the three of them together, how much national money they, uh, they, uh, collected in their, in their fundraising, who knows? It was, must have been a huge amount. I think O'Rourke got around $70 million, right? So it was not this progressive triumph. I mean, we heard about, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Right. Well, fine. She's in a district in the Bronx, I think, uh, that is supportive of her and is supportive of those progressive causes. Uh, that's the genius of the founders. They, they, you know, create a system where uh, smaller geographic uh, population areas are represented. But this is just not a big progressive story. Right. What happens yeah. if the leadership says, okay, here you go, uh, subpoenas, requests for yeah. your income taxes, um, yeah. you know, this, that, and the other thing. I have heard a lot of these people who were, who were elected last night for the first time with these moderate profiles, military profiles, saying when they were asked, are you interested in going after the president, are you interested in impeachment? They said, no, 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 we're interested in governing. I mean, this could be a problem, right? It's- I really think there's a pretty big danger of overreach here. And the, the first, the, the, me, the immediate overreach 
Well, first of all, I should say, uh, you know, I think Democrats are going to be obsessed with their own power struggle for a little while. Nancy Pelosi's out talking as if she is the Speaker of the House. She's the minority leader. She's the party leader right now. But, you know, it's not guaranteed that she's going to be the Speaker of the House likely. when Democrats take like, over. Likely. Probably likely. Yeah. Um, but but not guaranteed. Yeah, she, she may have to promise something. Mm to be speaker, that is like promise to leave after a certain period of time. Uh, but when you looked at that that triumvirate last night or election night and uh, with Pelosi with, and Hoyer and Clyburn standing behind her, I mean, that is not the way of the future of the Democratic Party. It's what, 240 um, years on this earth, something like that? Yeah, <laughs> something, something like that. So now on the overreach um, As one who could front, stand with them and, and increase the number. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> On the front of all these all these subpoenas, you're certainly going to have a good bit of that because the the chairman of the committees can do that, and the House rules allow them to do that. We saw Devin Nunes, the Republican chairman of the Intelligence Committee, <coughs> firing off subpoenas uh, on his own, basically. And you'll see Adam Schiff, the new chairman of the uh, Intelligence Committee, firing off his his subpoenas too. So uh, we'll see some of that. Um, on the question of um, impeachment, you know, obviously Pelosi has not said anything that even resembles that right now because I think she's afraid of overreaching before she even gets the gavel. And I think my guess is that uh, there's going to be pretty vigorous debate inside the Democratic Party about what to do about that, and they really won't have any momentum toward doing it unless Robert Mueller gives them something. If he yeah, wraps up yeah, a report yeah. and a ribbon and he gives it to him and said, here, you could use this to impeach the president, then they'll do it. But um, short of that, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think short of that, they'll do this stuff you, you described. Um, you know, there'll be a subpoena for this, subpoena yeah, for that. Yeah, they'll call it oversight. They'll yeah. call it checks and balances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and even if they sit there and Can say, I interrupt you one more time? Yeah, though? yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see Mitch McConnell? Uh, he was asked about this, and he said presidential harassment doesn't really work. We did it in the 1990s yeah, with did. President Clinton. I was surprised to see Mitch McConnell admit that Republicans had harassed Bill Clinton in the 1990s, but basically Fired said in the, in that the next, it didn't uh, work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, oh, the problem is not that we harassed him. The problem is it didn't work. Right. So go ahead and make my day, maybe, huh? Yeah. Exactly. The pres Is there anything to what the president said when he said today a couple times the press conference? I think I actually may be a little stronger as a result of this. Well, I think there are, there are certainly ways in which he's stronger. The you know this is a, a Senate Republican conference without Jeff Flake, you know, without Bob Corker, and instead it has uh, Republicans who owe who feel like they probably owe their seat to the president helping them. So that's stronger. Uh, it also has, um, you know, the the whole question of the the Kavanaugh issue in the, in the Senate yeah. races. Yeah, you, you wrote know, about that. The, we put a link up to the piece. That was a big deal, you, you think, right? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the you know Joe Donnelly voted against Kavanaugh and lost. Yeah. Heidi Camp, Hyde Camp voted against Kavanaugh and lost. Claire McCaskill voted against Kavanaugh and lost. 
Bill Nelson voted against Kavanaugh and lost. He's going to ask for a recount, but I think he lost. And Joe Manchin, the Democrat, voted for Kavanaugh and won. Yeah, I think I think if you're in a state that's at all red and you're up in 2020, you have to think, you know, I don't want to do some crazy overreach thing like we did with Kavanaugh. It doesn't have to be a Supreme Court uh, nomination specifically, but, you know, I really, really think we shouldn't just go nuts. So does that make the president stronger? Yeah, I think it does. Let's talk about 2020. Um, a few minutes we have uh, have remaining. Uh, what is the, what did what happened yesterday? How does what are the main things to look at in terms of 2020? I heard a couple of comments this morning. One was that it was great for the Republicans that they got Florida and Ohio, big and important consequential states as you get into 2020. Then I heard uh, someone else, I think it was Jim Messina, the Democrat uh, strategist, say, look, uh, Democrats really did very well in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. And those were the three states that you know we lost, which made the difference back in 16. So that strengthens our hand for 2020. Is there much to that? Is well, that important? Yeah, I, Are these heard, important I've, things? Yeah, I've heard both of those things. And I, and I think they're both maybe have some validity. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I wouldn't just dismiss them. Uh, on the other hand, you know, presidential elections are really different. And voters don't have any problem electing a Democratic senator one year and then voting for a Republican president two years later. I just don't think that's a big problem. Also, I was kind of interested. I mean, the, the amazing thing about Trump as a as a Republican candidate at a time when many of us, I'm, I'm guilty to believe that there was a blue wall in 2016, is that he won... Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. But he didn't have to win all of them. You know, if I remember correctly, what he had to do to win the presidency was to win all of the Romney states, and then win Florida, Ohio, and then win Pennsylvania. Now, that was hard. As a matter of fact, I thought he was going to get the first two of those, but not the third, and thus not become president. Um, but Michigan and Wisconsin were just kind of on the top. Um, so he doesn't actually have to win all of those states. But, you know, the idea of predicting that or, or saying that this development on November 6, 2018, bodes ill for uh, 2020 strikes me as a little far-fetched. All right, let's talk 2020 because I want to have some fun because I've just, you know, for the last 24 hours, I've done nothing but look at numbers and get analysis. And as good as yours is, I've just about had it in terms of looking back. So let's look forward. And no, I, Mrs. York, you've just had enough. Uh, well, <laughs> And but Can but you just turn Pelosi down, please. Yeah, right. But just that's right. But um, but I did hear something this morning, and I think it's the first time I've kind of quoted him not favorably, but uh, not unfavorably either. Michael Moore. I don't know if you caught his routine this morning. Uh, I did but not. he was on. What was I watching? I was cruising around, so I went to I think Morning Joe. Yeah, it was Morning Joe. And um, they said, well, uh, what, what, what do you like in 2020? He said, well, I, you know, someone is very appealing. And person said, Kamala Harris. He said, oh, no. Cory Booker, oh, no. And then Michael Moore said, uh, it needs to be someone who is beloved by the American people. And they said, well, who are you talking about? And he said, uh, Michelle Obama or Captain Sully Sullenberger. Well, there's two different. There's two different people. But he said, I think Sullenberger did make uh, a statement, uh, 
a pro-democratic statement. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I, rem- I remember he too. Said, he said something to that effect that he, you know, supported Democrats and all this midterm stuff. But, um, but but Moore went on to say, not a politician, not a politician, not a politician. Now Moore was that wasn't didn't Moore say he thought Trump was going to win back before 2016? I think he, he did. Yeah. He did, and because uh, he he had a better feel for Michigan than a lot of uh, other okay. people did. So um, is, he, is he onto something here? Maybe he said you can't well, beat him. With, you can't beat Trump with the politicians. I think. Uh, well, you know, the, the the problem with with saying that is this idea that some other non-politician would have the distinctive mix of characteristics that got Trump elected. Remember when well, when Trump nobody else, won, There's nobody else like were, that in the world. I mean, yeah, people in business and show business said, well, heck, if he get elected president, maybe I should run. And you think, no, probably not. There's, you know, he had, he had this <laughs> set of characteristics that were really maybe unique in history to be elected president, first time run, non-politician, et cetera. So I don't know that that's the case. I think the first thing the Democrats have to do is to figure out what they're going to do and to resolve that they really are moving on from their very own greatest generation of uh, Hillary, Bernie, okay. and Joe Biden. Um, all right. All right. Because they're all really old. And back where we started or close to where we started, do they then, should they then look to this group that's just coming in? And I'm, I'm, I must say, I'm just captivated by this. All these former, all these veterans, all these former military people yeah. and say, we need someone like that, that kind of resume. I think that's a big thing. And you know, the interesting thing is because of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, we do have this new generation of people who are extraordinarily able and they have this military service. Unlike many of the baby boomers, they have military service and they all volunteered for this military services. So there's a certain sort of go get them personality that they have, all of which are really appealing in public service. So, you know, the, we, we, the Republicans have Tom Cotton right now. I mean, somebody who didn't have to, to yeah. leave his life and go, uh, go join the army and serve. But did and there's a, there's a bunch of them out there and then there are plenty of them are, who are Democrats so uh, those are all all very appealing and it's entirely possible that Democrats could end up picking one of them that we don't even, maybe we don't even know right now. Looking to the future, President did say something last week to a reporter who came up to press conference about being wasn't kinder, gentler, but softer. I think was the word. Yeah, that was a, um, a Sinclair interview. Yeah. Will he be from the press conference today? I I, I don't I don't think so. Of course not. I mean, the one thing I all think right, you right. have to just ask the one thing. You, <laughs> the one thing. First of all, during the campaign, and I was guilty a little bit of this early on. You know, you look at Trump's talents. And you look at his ability to connect with audiences, and you say, wow, if he could just tone this down a little bit, you know, if he could just kind of sand down this rough edge a little bit, he would be totally unstoppable. Well, that's just not the way it works with him. I mean, he is what he is. And he's, what, 72 years old now, unlikely to have a major personality change. Uh, in the next couple of years. So he just is what he is. So he can say, well, you know, it would have been nice if I'd taken a, uh, a softer tone. But at the same time, he, he said, but, you know, I had all this stuff I need to do. I need to win. And if you remember during the campaign, uh, the, uh, the primary campaign, people would say, can you be presidential? Can you be presidential? He said, oh, yeah, totally. I can be presidential, but I still got five candidates to beat. And then I still got three candidates yeah. to beat. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. he never yeah. did. So yeah. Yeah. he is what he is. And if you appreciate 
the the good parts of his um, presence in American politics, then you know you're going to have to reconcile yourself to the rest. Yeah, I was thinking um, two quotes. I keep a commonplace book of great quotes. Conor Cruz O'Brien wrote of Edmund Burke. He had the gift of always being himself, and that seems to be the case with Trump. He cannot avoid himself. <laughs> No matter what, no matter what anybody's telling him, people yeah. who think I see him all the time, which I don't, I've seen him twice, say, can you just get that, you know, that, that Blackberry away from him, that iPhone? So he, of course not. I mean, and he, he's not going to give it up either. Right. The other is a, is a quote from Shakespeare, Coriolanus. Coriolanus was this great warrior, you'll recall. And uh, he's running for office and his guys try to get him to uh, behave better. And they say, just, you know, put on the penitent's robe and just ask for the people for their blessing. And he says, he sort of temporarily agrees. He says, all right, I'm paraphrasing. All right, I will go to them most counterfeitly. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing here, right? I mean, a a softer, kinder, gentler. Well, if Trump Trump went to them in a softer, gentler way, it would be a counterfeit. It would be counterfeitly. But he's not doing it. Okay. The the, uh, business version of the same. Will they make deals? Do you predict deals with the Democrats? Yeah, I think they'll they'll make some. I mean, remember the the Congress just passed a big uh, opioids bill. It had almost unanimous and bipartisan support. Trump happy to sign it, et cetera. I mean, they can do, they'll find stuff like that to do. Everybody's talking about infrastructure. I don't know, but I think it's uh, it's good to remember that Trump is not a fiscal conservative. Yeah. Um, and, of course, no Republican president has been a fiscal conservative, much less a Democrat, for a very long time. So you certainly can't say that either Bush really was. So, I mean, there may be something that, that they can do, although I think Pelosi, if she is the speaker, I think her greater value to Trump will be as a, as a foil running up to the uh, election. Do you have any idea? It just occurred to me in planning it. If it weren't Pelosi, is there a, is there a second more like a most likely person? Oh, no, there's really uh, – This there's guy, really Tim, not, Ryan, right? Tim Ryan, who puts him – Yeah, he's – I mean, he, I think he put his name in the last time. Yeah, it didn't go anywhere. But um, there really isn't. And um, you, you really have to get the – it's like it's like China. I mean, you have this, you know, the, the long march generation, and, they, you know, they have to pass from the scene. So um, there's going to have to be a big generational turnover in the party leadership. Byron, thank you very much. Always enjoy it, Bill. Thank you. Let's all get some sleep. What do you say? You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. Show. Some of you may recall Seth Liebson, one-time producer of my radio show. Yes. That was called Morning in America. Mm -hmm. And uh, Seth called me. He has a radio show. And he asked me to do 10 minutes on on the midterms. So I did. And here it is. Want to get right to it with the best political and cultural mind I know, best friend a guy could have, best boss a guy could have, former Secretary of Education, and so many other things, Dr. William J. Bennett. Bill Bennett, welcome back to our airwaves. You go to an Arizona State football game and you're talking Super Bowl already. I know, right? i got to be careful, but don't get me started. Don't get you started. I got okay. Don't okay. get me started. I'm, Bill, I'm doing fine. A little, little sleepy. Didn't get much sleep last night. But, boy, it was a riveting evening. These races, some of them so tight and still so tight. 
Still, What's the word out there? I, we're, I think we're going to be fine. The McSally count numbers are, are looking good. We won't have a definitive answer probably until tomorrow. But, um, look, I have been thinking she was going to be winning by larger numbers than she I think she's going to be just fine. Good, good, good. I think the she's The early good. part of the evening with Florida, you know, I, all I could think of, I told Mrs. Bennett, you know, Tim Russert, Florida, Florida, Florida. That's what it was for the first hour or two was amazing. Yeah, right. And boy, what's what some nice some nice gets there. You know, DeSantis after all he went through, was there a week of nonsense from the mainstream media about uh, a comment yeah. he made that was nothing? What a nice comeback for him. And good for Rick Scott. I mean, that Florida was a was a great win for us. Um, look, there, Bill. Your take on this, but the way I'm even reading the mainstream media, they're they're, they're not prancing around. They are not strutting today. Not even the mainstream media. No, that's right. Well, I was uh, flipping all around last night, and I tuned in. Excuse the expression, CNN, and there, there was a cut Van Jones saying, "You know, I'm very sad. This is very bad. This is terrible. Something like that." Yeah. Uh, and then Jake Tapper saying, "This was not a, a, a blue wave." Um, I said it is a Carolina blue, a light rain. Um, that is a light blue and a light rain um, for a couple of reasons. First of all, the numbers aren't so great on the Democrat side. I mean, it's normally what thirty-seven. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And twenty ten was twice this. Yeah, yeah. This is not a. Right. This is not a normally high rebuke. But but also looking cl- more closely, uh, the composition uh, of that thirty-seven. Uh, my son and I were commenting as they talked about the profile of these people who were winning these new Democrats. Helicopter pilot, Navy commander, yeah. Marine. Yeah. Um, you know, so it raises a lot of questions, which is how are these going to people fit? How are these people going to fit with uh, Ocasio-Cortez and some of the others? Maxine Waters, and, even Nancy Pelosi, frankly. Exactly. And, and, of course, you know, I saw a couple of them interviewed today being asked, do you want impeachment? Basically being asked, do right. you want impeachment or do you want to legislate? Legislate, legislate, legislate impeachment. Yeah. But, you know, if, if you if you beat Trump or Trump's people by becoming Trump impersonators, well, you know, imitation, that's yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, you're right about what some of the mainstream media So Rachel Maddow on another network we usually don't go to. She said this feels like 2016 all over to me when you look at what happened in the Senate. This was in um, this was in no way a bad day for uh, or a day for Republicans to look look down at their shoes. Generally, I don't think. And I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic. Trump versus Pelosi. I know where I'd bet on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I got a call today from a friend, mutual friend of ours. I won't say his name because he may not want to be repeated on the air. But he said, you know, anybody wants to be a judge? <laughs> I might. Let me think. We're looking for about 40 people. <laughs> I guess we also have to ask if we know anyone who wants to be an attorney general. Well, I guess. But no, but think of all the judges now. No, that's you right. You don't have to wait breathlessly for Susan Collins. You know, that's right. Or the vice um, president to cast a tie vote. We've got this now and we've got a clear path to the judiciary. That's absolutely right. That that yeah, the Jeff, the, the well, Jeff well, before we do Jeff, Seffer, Jeff yeah, yeah, Sessions, yeah. let's focus on the irony of that, because the Democrats cast, I think, um, cast the, or, you know, pitched their tent would be the better way to put a pitch their tent on winning this uh, the, the Senate back over 
Brett Kavanaugh, which turned out to be a total boomerang, and now we're going to do. They've given us a clear path to give us Kavanaugh after Kavanaugh after Kavanaugh at the courts of appeals. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out. It's always hard to know after the fact, and uh, you know, I used that quote I came up with that I said was in the Bible, but is unless one of your listeners can find it. <laughs> not even the devil, not even the devil himself knows the mind of man. But it is, it is somewhere. What motivated people? And people say health care for the Democrat vote. Immigration, um, uh, you know, the economy, but Kavanaugh was certainly in there, if not as an engine, as a as a four barrel carburetor, an accelerator, right? Um, which certainly seemed to get people to the uh, to the polls. But that raises the puzzle, which you and I have been talking about all day, which is this whole suburban. Yeah, say something and, about and that. The future. Yeah, say something about that. Um, that because well, what is wrong with these? Yeah, okay, all right. That's one thing to say. Yes. No, but I mean, I, this is this is a group of people who ought to, given you know the fact that these are the people who are you know protect society, keep civilization moving, raise children, uh, you know, uh, go to schools, do fundraisers, you know, participate in the things that make uh, make civilization. Why wouldn't they put personal security, economic security? Uh, you know, above all else, and and we are safer and more prosperous, peace and prosperity than we have been in a long time. But I guess they can be taken off this this uh, these priorities pretty quickly if they are bothered, offended, or they think uh, you know they just they just don't like what they're hearing and seeing. From the president. Or maybe we're not connecting the dots well enough as candidates. Okay. Maybe 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 the president isn't. You and I also have a mutual friend here in Arizona who I don't know if I'm at liberty to mention the name of. But she said, you know, they talk about immigration and, and we're we're with them on that. But why not connect it to something suburban moms do care about? You know, the opioid crisis. Make that connection. National security, opioid crisis or drug crisis generally. Gosh, knows it's not just opioids anymore. Um you know, if if we made those nexuses a little more clear, I think that would be that would be that would be a smart move. I guess, but then here, what did Bill Buckley say? Uh, he said it's not you know it's not what you choose to talk about; it's what you choose to emphasize. Okay, and uh, you know, see the check mark. You and I talked about this another way a couple weeks ago. But when that uh, opioid bill passed, when they had the big conference at the White House, you know, it was kind of a check off. Check. We got it. Yeah. But not much discussion of it. Um, not much about what it was going to do, what it was not going to do. Uh, you know, several of us who are still interested in this issue had a lot to say about it yep. uh, and cared a lot about it. Yep. But uh, was that brought up? Did you hear that in the campaign? Nope. Oh, they get in. No. Oh, they get in. No, no, you really didn't. Um, Bill, as long as I've got you here in the breaking news, yeah, let's say a word or two about the Attorney General's position uh, and Jeff Sessions' uh, departure. You and I have known him a long time, you better than me, but we've done a lot of work with him, mostly when he was in the Senate when I was with you. But uh, uh, this was a role he, yeah. it, it was a role, I, let me put it this way, he was a much better senator. Yeah, I, it, it's so odd to me. You know, there was a lot of uh, deja vu for me last night. You know, Ron, Ron DeSantis, how many times did we have Ron DeSantis on right. show? Oh, gosh. But, you know, several dozen times. And Jeff Sessions was the uh, the workhorse, yep. the champ, yep. you know, the, the, the leader on the whole uh, immigration thing. You and bet. I knew him back from the time I was director of drug policy. That's right. When he was a U.S. attorney. That's right. And uh, he was a leader in that. And then. Something happened. Yeah. Uh, first senator to endorse Trump, yep. correct? Yep. 
and then and then something happened. Something, something, uh, something made him made him seem to crumble or I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know there was the recusal thing. Did that just hit him in the in the in the head? And, and he never recovered from it somehow. Maybe he never recovered. Yeah. 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 He never recovered yeah. from. So so we'll get someone in there. Someone uh, better. I'm already getting emails saying, uh, does the president have Trey Gowdy's phone number? <laughs> I don't know who the right person is just quite yet, but uh, there's, a, there's a good bench for that. And it is, it is fair. Oh, no, there are a lot of good people. Yeah. There are a lot of good people. Yeah. And it is, you've served in, uh, in two cabinet agencies and, and, and directorship of another, of another, uh, at another administrative level. Uh, you do see these turnovers at the cabinet level after a midterm. It's a good time to, to start afresh on some of these positions yeah and uh, some, some you're just correcting your mistakes uh okay that person wasn't right for the yeah. job others are uh you know some are worn out i thought the president was very funny today his press parents i don't know if you saw that yep where he said well some of these young people come in they're a lot younger than i am <laughs> they lose two years later and they're old 90 minute press conference this guy is something else well bill i just had to get your thoughts today and i really yeah. really appreciate your time we'll be sorting this out Good to talk to you, Seth. Yeah, we'll stay close. And by the way, people want to keep up with you, they can go to BillBennettShow.com. You do these great podcasts. I really love them. That's right. And uh, and uh, as I said to my friend from the University of Michigan, you're, you're lucky enough to now draw on Alabama in the first round. I'll, I'll tell you what that Anyway, means, go but... to the BillBennettShow.com for a really good political <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Don't get, get me started. started on the rest. God love you, Bill. Love to the family, okay? Thank you. You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. So, okay, I'm getting tired, so I don't want to go for too long. And I know you all have your thoughts. We'd love to hear your thoughts, too. Please send us your thoughts. And yeah, how do people get something to us, Claude? Oh, Trust yeah, well, me. they can just email us uh, their thoughts at uh, BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. Yes, sir. Uh, just a few random thoughts. Uh, I should start with you. Do you have anything what, what stuck out for you? Or uh, you know what? Well, uh, look, it's just amazing. We, we see it again, how, you know, pundits and, and the uh, folks on, you know, these networks wrong again, yep. expecting a huge yep. blue wave that did not happen. No um, and as a matter of fact, not just holding the Senate, but gaining seats in the Senate. Yeah. I mean, these results, uh, not the blue wave they were expecting. Yeah, I know the president's right to, to be bragging a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, the number in the House, much lower than in many much in lower. terms. Oh, absolutely. Not mm -hmm. in the 40s, not in the 60s. Mm -hmm. 60s was what uh, we got after Obama's first two years. 40s right. is what uh, we got after uh, Clinton's first two years. Uh, and this was in the high 20s. Uh, but then he gets gets three, four seats in the Senate. Correct. So uh, very impressive. Uh, just a couple other thoughts of mine. Um, I don't have answers to this. I'm just struck by the fact New England has three Republican governors. I noticed that last state. night. Yeah. Uh -huh. Vermont, Massachusetts, and Maryland, your state. Right. Not New England, but Mid-Atlantic. Mm -hmm. How does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it's very, it's very, very interesting. I'm a little less confused by Maryland than Vermont and Massachusetts. Uh, I know. I know. Yeah. Someone will explain that to us. A Vermont listener, please explain that <laughs> I think the three biggest issues were um, Donald Trump, mm -hmm. health care. Mm -hmm. Democrats pushed that. And immigration. Right. What was in some ways more interesting to me was what was totally missing. Foreign policy. Do you hear any foreign policy discussion? No, you're right. None. Anything about tariffs and trade? Nope. 
Al Qaeda, ISIS, mm-hmm. Afghan, nothing. North Korea, nothing. Again, as I said to Byron, I'm just taken with these profiles, and I'm going to get details on these Democrats who won, but they did choose very wisely. And these are a lot of them, I think, very moderate, pragmatic people, mm-hmm. not ideological leftists. And we'll see how that plays out. Democrats have been saying this was not a great night, but what it portends is great. The diversity, this is the future. Yes, Gillum lost or probably lost in Florida, but look what that means for the future. Beto O'Rourke lost in Texas, but you know, maybe next time we'll get Texas. I, I just don't know. I just don't know. You know. Presidents seem to be, for whatever reason, at a weakness in midterms. Mm-hmm. But when they get to incumbency and for a second, and, and they're looking at a second term, they seem to be at strength. So I think it, all things being equal, he'll have a better shot than he did this time in 2020. Hmm. The Senate thing will be a little different. It'll be balanced more against Republicans in the way that it was balanced against Democrats this time. But the values of incumbency, the values of speaking from the White House are, I think, very, very large. Maybe I left out of the top three, Kavanaugh. I just don't know. But I think it did energize a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it is true that the uh, the Democrat who voted for him, Manchin won, and all these other Democrats who voted against him, Donnelly and uh, McCaskill uh, and um, Heidkamp, lost. Yep. Just lost, lost, lost. We'll see where this goes. I, I, I asked Byron about it, and I tend to think there will be some deal making on some non third rail things like infrastructure. Mm-hmm. They can make a deal on the opioid stuff. They can make a deal on infrastructure. Maybe they can de- make a deal on prescription drugs, other things, but I don't see an immigration fix, but I do see the president doing some things with that pen and phone to recall the Obama example mm-hmm. on immigration. And I was intrigued during the press conference. I'm sure you heard it when he said he thought he had a solution on the pro-life and pro-choice divide. Right. I don't know what he has in mind there. I don't think he can do that with my phone or by pen, Supreme Court decision. But I'm very curious what he what they're talking about. I was taken in the press conference by how many different subjects came up and the familiarity the president had, not necessarily at the deepest level, but at some level, an appreciation of what the issue was about, whether it was about sanctions on Turkey uh, or this one particular race yesterday or charges of this, that, or the other thing about him, or the names of people who were defeated, or the whole range of things that came up. I also will comment about that business about, you know, whether he'll be softer. I, I don't think so. No, 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 he won't. I have to say, as a partisan, as someone who was a Democrat for 25 years and now been a Republican for almost 30, that I am looking forward to the scramble in the Democrat Party mm-hmm. for the nomination. Mm-hmm generational scramble, as well as the scramble of huge egos. Yeah. Kamala yeah. Harris and Cory Booker and gosh knows, you know, mm-hmm. um, Elizabeth Warren. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be something. How far left can you go? Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as they go left, again, I come back to these, uh, these new members who do not appear to be leftists. We'll see. We'll see how that works out. All right. We'll still talk to you next week. (laughs) Let me say one serious thing. We try to talk about things that matter here. We do have as a premise of this show, we're concerned about the existential threats to America, to this last best hope of earth. There were no threats last night that I think one would seriously worry about. We're a ways off from that. 
politics is one of the ways we talk about things that matter to us. And what this uh, these midterm elections suggested is that the republic is in pretty good shape, pretty good shape. And in some ways, as the president would be the first to say, very good shape and in better shape than it's been in a long time. Watch the right track, wrong track as we get to 2020. If it keeps going up, the right track, very good news for the president. You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. That does it for today's show. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to BillBennettShow.com. Claude, did you know that you can follow me on Twitter at William J. Bennett, and then you can like me on Facebook? I follow you on Twitter, so yes, I knew that. And I like you on Facebook, so I knew that as well. You know you just search Bill Bennett. Yes, that's how I found you. I want want you, as well as everyone else listening, to feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. It's BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. Please share the podcast with your family and friends, and we will catch up next week. 